0: You're listening to the Hello C.S. Dorsey podcast, your one-stop shop for all things motivating while on your entrepreneur journey. Feeling stuck in your business or don't know where to start? Don't worry, we've got you covered. Listen to some of the leading women in today's industry who have been there before to help guide you on your path. Now, here's your host and self-taught web designer, C.S. Dorsey. Welcome to another episode of the Hello CS Dorsey podcast. I have Julie Plaggins here today on our podcast. How are you doing today?
1: I am so great. Thank you for having me, Candace. Thank you for being on the show. So, can you tell everyone about
0: yourself, who you are, what you do?
1: Sure, I'd love to. Um, I am, first of all, a wife, a mom, author, blogger, and teacher. I've been married for 26 years. I have two kids. They're ages 21 and 25. Um, I've written two books. The first book is called Creating Family Memories, How to Make Family Time with a Crazy Schedule. My second book is Estranged, Finding Hope When Your Family Falls Apart. Uh, I also, my husband has an accounting firm and I'm his web designer as well as I run uh, his website and my website, which is momremade.com. Um, Another thing, I guess, I taught in public school, private school, and home school, and I have a double certification.
0: That's amazing. So how do you juggle it all?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's kind of funny. Since we're in the middle of a pandemic, I feel like I'm staring at the walls right now. (laughs) Um, I'm not substitute teaching because, obviously, I did teach uh, for Richardson Independent School District before I had kids. And then I came home and I uh, homeschooled a little bit and then my kids went to regular school. And then I started substitute teaching about four years ago. And, uh, that's, uh, gone since we're in a pandemic right now. And then my husband doesn't want me up at his office because of germs. so (laughs) I'm at home right now writing my third book. That's about the only thing I'm doing. And my 21 year old is home with me. So she's, she keeps me on my toes. She's, she's funny.
0: That's awesome. Uh, that that is great. That's so good to hear that you're uh, trying to keep it together. I know a lot of people are like, ah! <laughs> "You're kidding." <laughs> so, um, tell us uh, something about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Um. Okay. I would say that I don't talk a lot. I don't really talk at all on my website. I blog and I really don't talk about that I've had Crohn's disease and uh, it's been, it's in my book, but I really don't write about health issues much, but I, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2000. And uh, miraculously, I am well now and I am off medicine and I'm in remission, which is only happens to maybe five or 10% of people that are diagnosed with Crohn's. And I was at the point where I was about to lose my colon. There was no mistake. I had Crohn's disease So they were going to, I was going to have to have an ileostomy uh, one of those bags for the rest of my life. And uh, over the years, God just really healed me. So that is definitely something I don't talk about much.
0: Well, he's definitely the one to give the glory to. So Amen to that. I think that that is a beautiful testimony. And um, that's definitely something that you should be telling people because there I might know. be someone outside, um, someone out there that's dealing with the same thing. So you should yeah. tell your
1: story. <laughs> it is in my book. It's in my book, but I just don't blog about it.
0: No. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully this might change your mind. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So, I'm all about taking action in your business, whether you're just starting or um, thinking about taking that first step. What advice do you have for people out there who are becoming an entrepreneur or who is starting a business and, you know, just don't quite know how to take that first step or that next step to get to where they're trying to go? So, what advice would you give to those out there?
1: I just, I think fear is what kept me. I have wanted to write a book since I was in, I think I was 10 years old. And here I am. I published my first book at 50 and I could have done it sooner. I mean, I am an English teacher and I, you know, I was capable. I was just really scared. And so I think the first thing you have to do is do it scared Um, because the fear never goes away. It's just a matter of every day putting one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. And it's just small little bites. I, I, I was looking at it, oh my gosh, I'm gonna write a whole book. And it's not that. It's okay, I'm gonna write for 30 minutes today. Even if it's cruddy, I'm just gonna write anyways. And I'll go back and edit it later. But it's the, just the, the habit of getting into whatever goal you wanna do and just starting and doing bite sized pieces every single day.
0: So, do you have any advice as to how they, how can someone get started with a habit? Because I know sometimes it's getting. Some people might say, "Well, yeah, I can get started, but it's just being consistent or creating that habit to Mm -hmm. continue on." Because I'm pretty sure there's people out there, um, one myself, (laughs) that start things and then stop. So I, I, yeah, I am. I want to confess I'm one of those people. So how can <laughs> how can um someone just continue on or build those habits?
1: Um I for me, I'm not sure I can really answer this question in a place that people are gonna because I'm so creative. I was a speech and drama teacher, I'm artistic, uh, I'm a deep thinker, and if you were to tell me, okay, you're going to write today between 10 and 12, I would be like, no, I can't do that. And then I would just stare at the computer. And so for me, I try and make a loose schedule and I try and do it sometime that day. Um, I've, I've tried the rigid habit forming, you know, scheduling and for creatives, it just does not work for me. I, I'm miserable and I feel pressure. And it just takes all the creativity away. So I try and loosely say, okay, I'm just going to hit the computer for, I always tell myself, I'm just going to do it for 10 or 20 minutes. And then of course, I love writing so much that once I sit down, I'll start doing it for way longer. And it's not just with writing, it's with exercise. It's having your quiet time. I just think that those are things that um, you have to decide in your mind, you're going to do it. And make the time to do it. And I think there's some discipline in there. I can't tell you how many times now we're at home and, and watching, I'd rather watch TV and watch the news and get on Facebook. And it's, and it is talking to myself and saying, Julie, you're wasting time. You know, this is not going to be profitable and you're going to be mad at yourself at the end of the day. So why don't you take, turn this off? You gave yourself a little time and then turn it off, and then you start doing what you, want, you really want to do. So it goes with a little bit of self-talk and um, scheduling. And then I think also I pray and ask God to help me to be disciplined. So I think those three things, prayer, self-talk, and just sheer grit, making yourself do it. Prayer, self-talk, and
0: grit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> So can we, I'm actually going to pivot a little bit. Let's talk about your
1: book. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll talk about my book, A Strange, Finding Hope When Your Family Falls Apart. That's the one that um, I really, I think it seems to be hitting home with people. I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and uh, my dad was uh, owned the first nightclub in Texas. It was called Gringos way back in the 60s. Uh, My grandfather, he went out of town and told him just to manage the restaurant while he was gone. And so (laughs) while my grandfather was gone, he was on his second honeymoon with his, well, he was on a honeymoon with his second wife. And um, so my dad took what would be equivalent to about $300,000 now out of the bank and totally remodeled one section of the uh, restaurant and turned it into a big nightclub. And it was an overnight success. And so my grandfather came back in town and saw the nightclub and was like, what did you do? He was pretty upset, but he saw lines coming out the door. And so he just gave it over to my dad. So my dad was about 23 years old and he became an instant millionaire. And my parents lived in the fast lane for about 10 years doing that. They lived, uh, what would be equivalent to like the Beverly Hills of Dallas and Highland Park. And, uh, we had a huge house. We had everything you could possibly imagine. And my parents were miserable. They were fighting all the time and they were on the way to getting a divorce. And my, da- my dad just prayed one day and said, He was Catholic, but he didn't ever go to church. And he just prayed one day and said, God, if there is a God, why am I here? And so he became a Christian through that. He was making a commercial at and, and, and a Christian radio station or a Christian TV station and got saved. And after that, he ended up losing the restaurant, publicly humiliating my grandparents. It was terrible. It was all over the news. It was uh, national news. My dad kind of went crazy because he took the liquor out of the restaurant. And actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of Ben Kinchelo. he worked with Pat Robertson, but he uh, was the one that led my, he helped uh, mentor my dad as a Christian and was on Pat Robertson t- CBN many times to as an interview um just giving his testimony but all through that he became a christian and ended up in the ministry so i spent most of my years as a preacher's kid and uh, as a preacher's kid it was very uh, we lived in a big fishbowl my parents were my dad was associate pastor of two different mega churches here in dallas and everybody watched us all the time and so there was a lot of pressure just to behave and be Uh, that perfect family, that perfect kid. And inside, I was just not happy. Um, I felt very pushed, controlled, uh, contained, and not able to express my feelings. And all that resentment kind of just added up over time. And eventually, um, after I got married and had kids, I broke off the relationship with my parents. And so that was kind of made big news that Preacher's kid won't talk to her parents, so I was estranged from my parents for seven years. And you know, if you try and look for a book on estrangement as a Christian, there's not any out there right now. There's lots of books on estrangement, but not from a Christian perspective per se. So through my experience, I ended up writing a book about our family story and how God uh, brought us back together as a family, and it was really a miracle. I it had been seven years, and uh, I prayed and fasted for God to talk to my dad in a dream. And I prayed on a Tuesday and Wednesday, and this was after seven years. He had a dream that Thursday night and called me Friday, called my husband on Friday. And, I mean, it was miraculous. and There was no rhyme or reason. Nope, nobody contacted me. My husband didn't even know I prayed this. It was that phone call that started back the relationship and the healing over time. But it started with just intercessory prayer and fasting. Um, and, and God had been working on both me and my husband and my parents through those seven years. So I think our hearts were, were different and we were ready to, to start mending fences.
0: Awesome. Uh, I mean, that's, it's, it's amazing this your story it really is um that's definitely a testimony because i'm pretty sure there's someone out there that's probably not speaking to their parents to this day and you know but um the fact that you prayed in the end the prayer went through because you know sometimes people can pray and it just go into air
1: you know so i I had it that's
0: awesome (laughs)
1: i had seven years of praying that hit the ceiling and god was working though god god your prayers do not return void but i tell you when you fast when you add fasting to prayer something happens there's there's a, a really a breakthrough when uh we decide to to do that in fact in isaiah 58 says 58 6 it says is this not the fast I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? And um so it's scriptural to add fasting. And I remember and also Jesus had talked about, you know, the, the disciples were trying to cast out demons, and he said that this kind of this, this kind of stronghold can only happen prayer. in fasting. Yep. So it's, there's a big difference. And I tell you, there's a lot of forgiveness that had to go on too. it. It it started with that, but there are a lot of other elements back into having a healthy relationship because it was toxic. It really was a toxic relationship.
0: You know, that kind of reminds me of me and my dad, essentially he, you know, he been in and out of prison and Whenever he come back, he kind of like mess up me and my mom's life. And Mm -hmm. then he go back to prison and he come back, he mess up our lives. And then it's the same thing, same pattern. But after this time, I haven't seen him for like 20 years, I do believe. And out of the blue, he still had my phone number. I've never changed my number just in case he calls me. But it has taken it has taken 20, I'm going to say, how old am I? 36. So it literally has taken like probably almost close to 30 years for me to actually forgive him for, for everything, you know? And Uh then even when I got saved, I didn't forgive him. Yeah. And I, I, I'd be the first one to admit, you know, when you get saved, you think all those things, It instantaneously go away, but it doesn't. It's it's something that you have to work at. It's something that you have to keep building at in order to get to that point where the Lord wants you to be. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it took me a long, long time to forgive him. But then I thought about it. And one day I was just like, you know, Jesus died so that we might be free. He forgave us all the things that we have done because we all put him on the cross you know all the things that we've done for him to get there if he can forgive us I can forgive the little little things or the little foxes or whatever yes that yeah yeah I was like I can forgive that and I spoke with my dad one day on the phone he just called me out of blue still in prison and everything and he said you know I'm sorry about all that stuff that I you know I did to you and your mom I said oh. I said it's okay I said, we've already forgiven you for that. Wow. That took a lot. Yeah. It took a whole lot. But I said, I can't walk around and say that I'm a Christian. I have to be who I say I am and forgive people too. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. my flaws. I have my issues. And there's plenty of things I'm pretty sure that the Lord could pick out about I me mean, that I need to work on. But mm-hmm. he don't point those flaws out at me. He he takes me for who I am and to say, okay, let's work on it because, you know, I need to work in you, but we'll just continue working on those things. And I'm like, it's the same thing with my dad. He had his issues. He had his, you know, his drinking or whatever happened in his past. He tried to mask it with drugs and alcohol and everything. But, um, I think he came to the realization he had con- and had counseling. And so what happened in his past and he finally confronted it and mm-hmm. so I think that was one of the things that, you know, that he had in his mind. And you never know what is going on in people's minds when they do those things. And you keep saying, so why are they doing that? Why do they keep doing that to me? And, you know, this and, that and the other, what's going on in their mind? You know, something could happen to them that they just don't want to talk about, or it's hard for them yeah. to talk about, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs>
1: I'm glad you're sharing your story. I just went the other way. I said, maybe I should just, you know, maybe it's good that I'm talking about this. No, I think it's great because I think it's, it's encouraging to hear other people's story about how God uses um, just the flawed. We are such a mess and um, that he can redeem the unredeemable because really Candice, I thought that I had burned every bridge with my parents and, um, I was never going back. And I, I really, it took me those seven years to really work on forgiving them. Um, and what really triggered it was when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Um, I was in the hospital and the nurse just looked at me and she said, you have Crohn's disease. Your Your colon looks like Hamburger meat, and they're going to have to take it out, and you're going to have a bag the rest of your life. And then she walked out, and I was in the hospital room all by myself. And immediately the scales fell off my eyes, and I knew what was wrong. I knew I was just eaten up with hatred um, towards my parents, and I knew exactly what I needed to do. Um, For me, and it doesn't sound like the Christian thing to do, um, for me, I knew I needed to get away from them because it was the only way I was going to get healing. And that was when I decided to break off the relationship. And it took a little while to convince my husband. But after he kind of went through the rigmarole with my parents, he realized we need to get away from them. And it was um, after about a year, I was able to start eating and um, in, in digesting food properly. And then after that, I spent 16 months in counseling. Like, you know, you said your, your dad did. My parents, I think my mom went to some counseling too while I was away. And that really helped me to unravel everything, to look at straight, you know, in the eye, whatever was done to me and say, I forgive every single bit of this, everything that was done to me. And it was, it took a long time to get there. Forgiveness doesn't come easily. Um, It, But, you know, that's the only thing we're required to do. We are not required to be in relationship with people. But, you know, in different scriptures, Matthew 6, 15, it says, but if you're not do not forgive others their sins. Your father will not forgive your sins. Matthew 18, 21 says 70 times seven, forgive them. And Matthew 18, 34, it says that uh, you'll be released to the tormentors if you don't forgive. And I was certainly being tormented physically. It it was not worth it. And, And if you had asked me before that diagnosis, diagnosis of Crohn's disease, if I had anger towards my parents, I would have said, Oh, well, they irritate me. But I had no idea. It was pushed down so hard, because I had stuffed and stuffed and stuffed my whole life. And that was my coping mechanism. As a child, that was the only way I survived in that family, was to um, just to stuff things and do it because it was kind of I grew up in a, a very Italian, it was a it's kind of their, you know, my dad's way or the highway, my parents' way or the highway. And it was like, you do what you're told and you don't question. It was a very uh, more legalistic, severe type family. And, um, so you, the only way you survive in that is to stuff it and just, you don't give your feelings, you don't give your, um, any kind of feedback or anything. You just say, yes, sir, no, ma'am. And you do it. Um, But that kind of coping mechanism does not do well in adulthood because you learned it's to stuff everything. So uh, I spent a lot of time unraveling why I was so angry because I didn't even know and just having to dig out everything. And then, and, and it also affected my marriage. I had no idea that what happened to me in childhood I took into marriage. And that's what my third book is on is um, as I'm writing right now is, is how Uh, my marriage was affected and ways to help when you carry in childhood into your marriage. And I I think everybody does. There's no way to come out of your family without some sort of scars, which just life's hard and we're sinful and we're not perfect parents. So anyways, I think that's great about your dad that he is able to say, I'm sorry. It took, when I went back into my family, my mom and I were able to talk through a lot of things and she asked for forgiveness and and I did too. There were some things I had done. It took a good year for my dad to say he was sorry. And he said it once, it was at the restaurant at a restaurant. And he just said, um, you shouldn't have had to go through what you went through. I'm sorry. And that was it. That was all. My dad's a very proud Italian man. And so for him to say that was I mean, it was huge and it was all I was going to get, but I could have just not even gotten that. And I'm so glad you got that because many times, you know, the only thing you you're required to do as a Christian is just forgive. Um, Having that, I'm sorry, is huge. And that really does help forgive um, a little easier, but you do not have to go back into a relationship. There is, the Bible just talks about being at peace with all men, if it possible. Um, but it it is required that we forgive relationship takes two people. Forgiveness just takes one, just you and God.
0: That's right. I agree.
1: So what would you tell
0: yourself 10 years ago? What advice would you give yourself? Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) Well, 10 years ago, I was about when I walked away from the family and um, I think I would have, I think I should have told myself, you're going to make it through. I really thought I was going to die. I thought uh, the Crohn's disease was going to at least rob me, if not die. um, Because I was down to 100 pounds and I'm 5'8". And um, I was not sure I was going to live, first of all. I was so sick. And so um, I tell myself that I'm going to live. It's been longer than that since... Uh, let's see, the diagnosis was was my diagnosis for Crohn's disease was in 2008. And I've been in remission for about three years now. Um, But I would tell myself, you're going to live through this and you're going to actually use it for God's glory. God is going to use this. um, And it's going to help a lot of families who are going through the same thing. Um, And that I don't, I think I still struggle, you know, some with fear because I just grew up being very scared of my parents. And so I would tell myself not to be afraid. And I'm still telling myself not to be afraid because this is hard to talk about. You know, I, I, some of the interviews my parents hear, some of them they don't. And I never know what's gonna get back to them. And, they, and I have complete permission to talk about this. In fact, in my, mom's book, in my book, my mom wrote the afterword. Um, and I, they read every single line before I published. So, they know exactly what I'm talking about, and they gave me permission and they want me to help other families with this. But it's messy. This is not, you know, if you're going to be a good Christian, supposedly, you know, air quotes, you know, people don't fight, they all just forgive and we all just move on. But that's not really Christianity. Mm-hmm. Christianity is being honest. That's right. And talking. And working through things and um, it's messy it's messy
0: yeah I completely agree it's all about working things and working things out it's it's nothing takes overnight it it really doesn't it's something that you definitely have to work at yeah yeah so, you definitely
1: you have to take up your cross daily and follow Jesus you, you,
0: daily, probably every hour <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure.
0: Every hour you have to pick it up. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> because you're constantly, you, you're constantly trying to work towards perfection. Are we going to get there? No, we're not mm-hmm. going to get to be perfect, <laughs> but, and that's, and that's okay. That's okay. And I, for me, it's so funny because uh, I've always had this set of lists of the type of person that I want to marry. They have to be this, 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 this. They have to not have this, this, this. And And then as I got older and, you know, through prayer, through reading the Bible more, I said to myself, you know what? No one is perfect. They don't have to be as long as they know the Lord and as long as they respect me I think we can Mm. handle the rest (laughs) I think we can
1: work it out (laughs) that is so true when you love Jesus that everything else falls into place it does
0: it does and setting those type of standards and lists and everything is it's not gonna do anything but cause more problems so um, because your expectation of this person is supposed to be this and that's not who that you think that they should be and I was like, no, they have to be breathing, know the Lord, and we'll figure it out. They
1: <laughs> have to be breathing. <laughs>
0: yeah. As long as they're breathing, That's I'm fine.
1: <laughs> That's cute. I love that. Oh, my goodness.
0: So any last minute advice you have for our listeners out there?
1: Well, I would say that I think the biggest breakthrough in my life is learning how to pray. and. Um, I use, and I'm not an affiliate in any way, but it what really broke through my my prayer life was using uh, Stormy O. Martin's Power of a Praying, and it started with the Power of a Praying Wife, because my marriage was kind of rocky. I was people-pleasing everyone, and it started with my marriage, and well, it started with my parents, and then it turned into my marriage and of course and then I was trying to people please my kids it was just I was just jumping a lot of hoops and and when I was really struggling with my marriage I picked up a power of praying wife and at the end of every chapter there's a prayer and it's an intercessory prayer that is just chock full of scripture basically you're praying scripture back to God and there's a, a section there's a every single thing that you could probably have in your marriage, I think there's 30 chapters, one for each day, Um, you know, relationship, money, just every single area of your possibly you could pray for, for your husband and for your relationship is in there. And I saw a huge breakthrough in my marriage and I thought, wow, if I can do that, then I'm going to turn that to my family. And I really started interceding for my family. And I mean, what happened with my dad and, and me interceding. You know, I forgot to also say this. My sister, who I wasn't talking to that much, she was interceding at the exact same time. She was fasting and praying the exact same time that I was. So you want to talk about power? And we think, oh yeah, I'll pray for him, whatever, but I'm talking about praying scripture back to God. It is powerful, and I would just say start there, because you cannot believe the things that have happened in my life because of praying. the healing which just doesn't make sense. Um, Things with my kids that I have had to pray over and over again with them and my marriage and the relationship with my parents. If it weren't for prayer, none of this would have happened. So I am just a big proponent of prayer and forgiveness. Yeah.
0: If it doesn't make sense, then you know it's the Lord. That's how I (laughs) amen to that if it don't make sense to you then it's him if it makes sense then that's you in your mind and you the one that's working it but if it don't if it don't make sense it's the lord and if it's complicated and you're like well how's this gonna happen well it's the lord that that's how i that's how i've lived my days (laughs) from now on (laughs) (laughs) we could be like well how did this happen we don't know it's the lord it's not for us to figure it out
1: (laughs) He just did. Yeah. Isn't that kind of nice? You know, oh. that's that rest that God talks about, you know, in Hebrews is okay. I'm just going to rest in that somehow you maneuvered this God because it sure wasn't me. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So where can everyone find you? Um, momremade.com is my blog or on Facebook at momremade and Twitter momremade. And then let's see on Instagram, Instagram, Mom Remade. Pinterest is my biggest. I have over 10,000 followers on Pinterest. And that's my biggest platform. And it's Julie A. Plagans. I started that one before I had Mom Remade. So I just kept that account, which was not smart. But, anyways, um, so you can find me on Pinterest at Julie A. Plagans. So, uh, and I guess in your notes, probably. But if you just go to momremade.com, you will find all of my social stuff too.
0: Okay, perfect. And we'll have that um, everything, all the links in the show notes. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. And this was an amazing time.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. It's just, I feel so blessed to meet you. You're just such a just a happy, sweet person. It's just, I'm so glad and so honored to be interviewed by you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed
0: the show today. Remember to subscribe to get the latest episodes and more. Head over to hellocsdorsey.com to subscribe. And remember, nothing is impossible. So make the impossible possible and take action today. We'll see you next time.